Today is a special day, as it is the Shabbat before Eric and Rachel's wedding. Tomorrow they will stand under the chuppah and commit themselves to one another in marriage. As that famous religious leader of old stated so eloquently, marriage, marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. I just had to use that someplace. The Princess Bride is my daughter's favorite movie. But sometimes marriage is more like a nightmare. Hopefully not your marriage. But sometimes marriage can easily turn into a nightmare if the husband and wife are unwilling to learn to be patient and understanding of one another. And of course practice a lot of genuine sacrificial love. I also believe that a successful marriage, though, is the result of a couple's willingness to first love God above all else, including their spouse. And to mutually they, and mutually they submit to God and His instructions for their lives and relationship. So a successful marriage starts first in submitting to God and His instructions, loving Him first, and then loving each other, mutual submission respect, patience, and understanding. So this morning what I want to do is just lay out a few scriptural points regarding successful marriage. And as you can tell from the light blue, this is all on the announcement sheet in the back, especially for those of you who think that your marriage might be a little more of a nightmare than a dream. Uh, You should pay attention this morning and write a few notes. So building a successful marriage requires submission, respect, and love for one another. Building a successful marriage, especially for some of you newlyweds. I see a few of you in the audience here. The Kasdans, the Friedmans, Glebees, and a couple on the way. Take notes for David, he's not here. I'll record, we are recording this, right? Right. You guys are funny in the back. All right. There's really some key points I want, to, I want to make this morning. Some of what I'm going to say is not politically correct. I don't care. I've never really cared about the politics of marriage. Uh, but we're going to look in the New Covenant text, the book of Ephesians. So turn with me. Uh, Esther was letting me know that one particular, the uh, soft leather version of this text doesn't have the same page numbering as... The hardcover. Well, that's good to know. All right, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning of verse 21. This is page 1121. 1,121 in the uh, congregational Tanakh here. All right? All right, so I'm going to begin. I'm going to read the whole passage, chapter 21, chapter 5, verse 21 through 33. It says, Also submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Messiah. Wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, his Messiah also is head of his community, himself the Savior of the body. But as Messiah's community is submitted to Messiah, so also the wives to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her to make her holy, having cleansed her by immersion in the word. Messiah did this so that he might present to himself his glorious community, not having stain or wrinkle or any such thing, but in order that she might be holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Messiah also does his community, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am talking about Messiah and his community. In any case, let each of you love his own wife as himself, and let the wife respect her husband. All right, so I just want to make a couple of points here this morning. First of all, in verse 21, it's very clear. It says, believers are to submit to one another. The Greek word that is used here literally means that we are to be... It has to, it's a military kind of connotation. All right? It has to do with subordination to those considered to be worthy of respect and also to those who have positions of authority that demand respect. I never served in the military. My brother Mark did. Uncle Sam said that they needed me, and I said, here I am, send my brother. So my brother went off to float around in uh, the USS Tarawa outside Kuwait City in the Gulf War, spent a good two years instead of going to college. Remember, ROTC can get you a ticket out of school. He ended up in a boat. And the one thing I learned about the Marines and his experience is that you have to respect the authority, whether you like him or not. And if you've served in the military, you know uh, that some authority is not respectable. But if you don't respect the authority, what happens? You get in huge trouble. Uh, and so we understand that there are chains of authority that exist in the world. You may not like the current president of the United States, but you need to respect his position. All right? In the same way, as, fo- as, as followers of the Messiah Yeshua, we need to learn mutual submission. We need to learn to be submitted to one another. We need to learn to respect one another. All of this comes out of our understanding that we are submitted before our Messiah. Humble before Him. Therefore, we need to learn to be humble before one another. Can't talk about marriage and all that needs to go into marriage if you're not really a humble kind of a person. Eric, you will learn humility. We'll talk. We actually gave great advice at paintball for the bachelor party. I think David and I, you know, that, and, and Todd Lesperance, you know, we gave some really good advice. You can ask Eric about it. But humility as a general rule is the way we should be living our lives as followers of God, followers of Messiah Yeshua. We need to become more and more personally humble before others, other people. Now besides just being humble toward others... All right, preferring one another's, as, as I just mentioned briefly in point one, we do need to get to a statement about wives. I love the story. There's a great little joke. I'm not good at jokes. Bob is very good at jokes. Uh, but I remember a great little story about Mr. Schwartz. Mr. Schwartz goes through his life, you know, good morning, Mr. Schwartz. Hello, Mr. Schwartz. He goes through his day, gets to the office, and the secretary says, Mr. Schwartz, this is for you, and how can I help you, Mr. Schwartz? And, and you know, he meets with other leaders in, in the company or whatever, and, and, you know, of course, there's deference and respect for him. And then he finally gets home, and as soon as he opens the door, his wife says to him, You! So-and-so. Now, it doesn't have a little more Yiddish involved in that story. <coughs> But often in the home, in the reality of life, you know, the husband and wife, have they struggle in the way they relate to one another. And so the text begins in verse 
22, where it says, Wives to your own husband as to the Lord. The sense is, because you'll notice it doesn't say submit there, the sense is that this submission continues. Now, uh, just a disclaimer here. Ah, that is definitely not me. The disclaimer here, now that you're all awake, is that it's not, we're not talking here about an inferiority issue. We're not talking here about that old joke that some people say wives are supposed to be, you know, pregnant barefoot in the kitchen. You know, that's what I'm, you know. That, that uh, demeaning kind of sense that women's place is in the kitchen or anything along those lines. That's not at all what's being stated here. What's being stated here, and we see it really summed up well at the very end of the chapter, is that it's a wife is to serve her husband as part of her respectful obedience and service to God. When you look at this text, it, you know, it continues, For the husband is head of the wife, is Messiah also head of the community, himself the savior of the body. But as Messiah's community is submitted to Messiah, so also the wives to their own husbands in everything. It's a unique kind of a thing here, where there does seem to be this deference that is paid to the husband because of this understanding of the husband as responsible before God as the spiritual leader in the home. And don't women wives, uh, don't, don't worry wives, we're going to talk to the husbands in a second. It's important though to understand at the get-go that this is related to a spiritual expectation for the husbands. If there's one thing that my wife has constantly reminded me of positively, is that she expects me to be the spiritual leader in the home. And at times that's been really good for me because I don't always see those things in my life that are detrimental to my spiritual leadership. And I do appreciate when she says those things. Maybe not at the moment. But over time, it has certainly been a great help for me. She has this expectation for me. Uh, I want to make a point, though. If we are talking about wives respecting their husbands, ultimately this is all a part of that, we need to understand that not all husbands deserve respect. Not all husbands deserve respect. Some are just not respectable. All right, by their actions... I mean, there's plenty of the scripture says, whether in the Hebrew scriptures and the covenant text, there's plenty of the scriptures talk about the responsibilities of husbands. All right? Got to keep that in mind, Eric. There's a lot of things you are expected to do. And if you don't do them, it's going to be really hard for her to respect you. All right? That's that, that ominous quiet in the room. But even if your husband specifically is not all that respectable... God still expects you to show respect. God still expects you to show respect. We all have people in our lives, going back to the earlier statement about submission, we all have people in our lives that, that are difficult to deal with. We need to show the love of God to all people, not just the ones that are lovable. <laughs> we need to be people that can look past people's issues and demonstrate love and respect is extremely important within a marriage showing respect does not mean accepting physical emotional or verbal abuse though if you're in a situation where that exists in your marriage then i encourage you to let me know 
And I encourage you to, uh, to talk with me in terms of how to, to get away from that. Uh, you know, men are not supposed to be in any way abusive to their wives. We'll talk about that in a second. But if you're in that situation, you talk to me. A wife is never to be a husband's doormat. Never to be a husband's doormat. Now, I should also point out, though, that wives need to understand the power of, of God working through them in a situation where you might have a husband who's not a believer, who's not following God, who doesn't submit to the God of Israel, doesn't believe in the Mashiach, the Messiah Yeshua. You need to understand that it is through your willing respect and submission to him that God will use you and work through you to bring him potentially, hopefully, to faith. Now, moving right along to the men, though. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. You'll notice it does not say there. Husbands, understand your wives. That was part of our discussion. Sometimes, men, isn't it true? We have a hard time understanding our wives at times. Isn't this reality? Yeah, it doesn't say understand. It says love. Love. The word here that is used, it, it has the meaning, the highest good for another person. Really, this, the, you know, we, we need to want what is absolutely best for our wives. We need to treasure them. We may not understand, but we need to learn to be understanding. Now, I, I put a couple of words here in terms of the notes. Uh, sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. self Less love. You know, he makes a point in the text here. Um, in, uh, let's see here. Verse 20, 28-29, where it talks about husbands loving their wives as they do their own bodies. For no one ever hated his own flesh. I mean, truly the idea is that we as husbands should love our wives so much that we willingly sacrifice for them. Now those of us who have been married a long time, <laughs> all right, I know the expectations my wife has. I can be working away, minding my own business, hoping to be transparent to my own little world. And my wife will come in and I know there's a tick list. There's a to-do list. There's things that she wants me to do. And I know that I can't not do them. Are you aware of this? <laughs> Aaron, has you experienced this already? Yeah. I know Matthew has. No, think about it. Love your wife means you understand that she has needs and you seek to meet them. You prioritize her. We're men. We tend to be very functional, very pragmatic. We have, we have mountains to climb. We have things to do. We have achievements to make. Right? Right, David? That's us. And our wives want to, want to feel secure. They want to feel loved. They want, to, they want to know that we drop everything for them. And we should. Even when we don't want to. Because it's the right thing to do. We need to love our wives. We need to sacrifice for them. We, we need to be giving entirely of ourselves to seek the good of our wives. As Kevin the haircutter says so well, Happy wife, happy life. And if you want to want to know what I'm talking about, talk to the guys who get their haircuts around here. Except for Jason. 
So, but the other thing too is important. Husbands are not to be domineering. Not to be domineering or treat wives improperly. We already talked about that. But sometimes as men, you know, we can get gruff. and you know, we, Well, I can be gruff. I don't want to do this, but I know I need to do this. But domineering, no. No. We need to treat our wives in such a way that they know we prioritize them. That we're dying for them. Not really, but okay, I'll read my book later. Let me know. What do you want me to do? All right. But not just beyond the sacrificial is the is the carefully loving, carefully. This is where and this is the hardest thing for me, to be honest with you. I'll die for my wife. Just trying to understand her sometimes is like impossible. Being understanding. Really, really understanding. It's hard. It's hard for me. I don't know how about the rest of you guys. But it is critically important to be understanding of our wives. To be considerate of them and their needs. To really listen beyond what they say. The other day, you know, going out to eat is like a very difficult thing for us. Going out to eat is very difficult. One, because I don't care where we eat. And she always comes off like she doesn't care where she eats, but I know she does. And trying to read through the lines. What does she actually want to do, you know? But, but I need to be considerate. That's the hard part, men. We need to be considerate. Really, really trying to understand our wives. What God wants us to do. And the last thing when it comes to this is understanding our responsibility to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. That's hard. That's a heavy responsibility. You may say, well, why is it? That's just like, oh, that's like 10th century. That's like caveman. Well, this is the reason why I am a real proponent of this. First of all, I can't find anything else to get away from it in terms of the biblical text. But I've kind of learned what's in the minds and hearts of men. Men generally love to abdicate responsibility if women step up. If you don't believe me, go to the Reform Synagogue and see the male to female ratio in leadership. Uh, go to the conservative, uh, go to JTS, go to uh, uh, some of the uh, rabbinical schools in the conservative movement and all the women going into the rabbinate. And the fact that there are not so many men going into the rabbinate today in reform and conservative Judaism. Why? Men often abdicate spiritual responsibility. God has said, well, I got a way to fix that. I'm going to make them responsible. Make them obligated. Man, if you want to be all that God wants you to be, you better learn what it means to be a spiritual, spiritually responsible individual, especially in your home. It doesn't mean you're the domineering tyrant of your house. It means that you accept the yoke of responsibility to love your wife and to try and lead your wife towards spiritual growth. And women, wives, if, if, if you're listening to me, it doesn't abdicate your responsibility to be spiritually leading either. Because your wife needs your spiritual input and encouragement and accountability. But it is absolutely your responsibility, men, in your homes, to be thinking of your spiritual obligation before God. This is what God has called you to do. And you need to assume that responsibility if you truly want to have a happy wife and a whole home that is effectively being what God wants it to be. 
So let's sum all this up. Verse 33, one more time. In any case, let each of you love his own wife as himself, and let the wife respect her husband. Man, if you will choose to love, sacrificially, carefully love your wives, you will find that regardless, God will bless you, even if your wife treats you like Mrs. Schwartz treated Mr. Schwartz. But wives, if you will respect your husband, you will find that God will bless you and that God will strengthen you regardless of the difficulties that you might face and the lack of attentiveness that you might desire. But you know what's interesting? I'll bet you if, if we all, as husbands and wives, learn to respect, love, and mutually submit, that I'll bet our, our marriages will be good. And they will be wonderful. And they will be all that God will want them to be and all that we would want them to be. So, uh, in conclusion, let's do some personal pondering. How, first for everybody, how have you been putting others before yourself lately? How have you been putting others before yourself lately? Do we habitually choose to prefer others? When we say amen at the Kiddush, do you run to be the first one in line? At the, at the Oneg. That's not putting others before yourself. Do you find it tough to show respect to people who you think don't deserve it? Do we really understand the importance of respecting people because of, first of all, they're made in the image of God. Second, because people are, have positions. Do we really understand that? We need to respect others. Wives, does your husband know that you respect him? Emphasis on no. Does your husband know you respect him? Does he feel secure in his position as the head of your home? Does he, does he get that? Does that come through from you? And then husbands, how do you show your love? Show. That's the operative word. Show your love. There's a great joke. I forgot to say it. I'll say it now. It's an 85-year-old couple. They've been married forever. 65 years. They got married young. And uh, it's the wife really hasn't heard her husband say, I love you, in a long time. And, um, you know, she's looking for opportunities, trying to, you know, how wives can do to try to set up an opportunity where he'll have to say, I love you. Finally, she comes up and she basically says, you know, honey, you never tell me you love me. You never tell me you love me. And he looked her right in the eyes and he says, well, remember when we got married? Yeah, 65 years ago, yeah, we got married. Remember I told you I loved you then? Yeah, I remember that. Well, if anything changes, I'll let you know. (laughs) That's like a lot of us, okay? But do you show your wife you love her? And what is it that will resonate with her in that showing? What do you show her? That you love her. All right? Do you make her feel special? That's a hard one. Do you make her feel special? Do you care for her needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually? So take some time, chew on this. I'll give you all of my notes for the honeymoon. <laughs> and um, and then uh, may God, because I think that this area is really an important one. You know, the world needs to see solid, effective marriages. All right, young people need to see that marriage can work. All right, Mar- uh, people need to see that that marriage can work. That it that it's a good thing, 
And so as followers of Messiah Yeshua, those of us who believe in Yerida Shemayim, the fear of God, let us live lives demonstrating these important truths to those around us as well as for the benefit of ourselves. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the, uh, the tremendous wisdom from your instructions in the scriptures. I pray, God, that we would give them thought that for those of us who are married, that we would be reminded of these important truths and that we would live them out. And that for those who are not yet married, that, but are looking to get married, that they would uh, really get, uh, be sure to be placing you number one in their lives now. And that you would give them guidance and wisdom in regards to their lives, that they would love you more than anything else, including any future spouse. Again, we just thank you for the love you have shown us through our Messiah Yeshua, who demonstrated his love by dying for us. We pray this, B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen.